Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. Surprise! Surprise! Surprise. <laughs> it's bonus week. <laughs> we hope you feel like every week is bonus week with yeah, Joy we and Claire. Yeah, we just wanted to pop in and remind you it's whatever day it is when we release this. <laughs> yeah, that's not helpful at all. I don't want to commit to a day as I was saying that. I was like, actually, no, it's whatever day it is. It is all meshed together right now. But we just wanted to pop in and say hello. We have a really great, another really great episode coming out this week as well, where you are going to get to meet two, kind of three of our amazing listeners who joined us for a Zoom call. And we had so much fun with that. And we hear just... A little bit about everything, a little bit about their lives, their jobs, how they're doing right now. But we thought that we would just pop in and we are dedicated to a mini, mini episode, mm-hmm. which is this episode. Yeah, which we are. We always have a hard time doing a short episode because right, we can we're just talk for it. days, but we're going to do it. But yes, the episode that's going to come out on Thursday, fingers crossed that I can edit this before the second <laughs> releases, but who knows? But the episode that is out on, you know, what day is it? Six, the eighth, right? The eighth or ninth this week is with some great listeners. And this is where we really wanted to get into our Zoom calling. So the sound is going to be completely different. And it's Zoom life. I loved it. I thought it was great. So we're going to do a few of these and hopefully you guys enjoy it because we just wanted to connect with people. You know, it's like, we miss everybody, even though we don't connect with you guys in real life. It just felt good to connect with actual people on the yeah. phone. It was great. <sighs> but so we are dedicated in this episode to not mentioning Schmoschmid. Schmoschmid 19. Schmoschmonavirus. Schmoschmonavirus. We're not going to talk about it. Schmiley Schmiris. Schmiley I just sounded like Miley Cyrus when you said it that way. We're just going to call it that from now on. Okay. We're not going to talk about Miley Cyrus <laughs> either. <laughs> so we just, you know, wanted to pop in and give you guys a break. So here it is. We hope you're doing something fun. We hope you're doing some more baking. There's a lot of baking going on. Yeah. There's a lot of puzzles being played, a lot of games, There's a lot a, of Monopoly. Like a, a national puzzle shortage, in mm-hmm. fact. Is that right? Yeah. You can't find puzzles anywhere. Speaking of baking. Mm-hmm. I have been so you guys know that I took up sourdough baking. You're the star when baker. do you think that was? Probably like August or September. You I started. started it before it was the Schmidt trend. Yeah. Before so I have a, a sourdough starter and I've actually given it out now to like five or six different people in our area. So if you want if you live in the Boulder, Denver area, if you're willing to drive along to get a sourdough starter, send us a DM and you can come to my house. I'll leave it on the porch for you. Yeah. So I'm I got this flour. So the one thing is that I have had been having a hard time finding bread flour. So I ordered this flour online from this place called Flourist, which is in Vancouver. And it was like the only place I could find flour online. And they talk about how their flour is like really high quality. It's like freshly milled. I don't really know what the difference that makes, but it's very expensive. So apparently that's the difference. And I've baked with it twice now just to make sure the first time wasn't a fluke. And both times my bread completely flopped, like 100% flopped, had a great rise, went into the oven feeling good, and then just like spread out like a pancake. Whoa. So I'm trying God. to figure out what the heck's going on. So I science DM is them. so weird because that's like I know. big. That's why I love watching bakers because it is a science. You can't just throw stuff around. 
I know it's crazy. And like, so I've been following this method, the exact same method that I've been using since like October. And I had a little bit of trouble with it in January, but I came to find that it was because I had bought some really crappy flour and it just wasn't the same. So it wasn't rising as much as I had seen before. So I switched back to a different type of flour and I use typically King Arthur bread flour, which is like kind of it's just this, you know, very standard type of bread flour and bread flour has, in my understanding is like a slightly higher protein content than just all purpose flour, but you can use all purpose flour as well. So the stuff that I got from the florist is a, is a wheat flour, but they say on their website, like our flours can be swapped out exactly into any of your, you know, your bread flour recipes. So I don't know what the heck's going on. And so I send them a DM and I was like, Hey, like this is what's happening. Do you have any ideas? And they're like, are you using our recipes? Like, that's where to start. And I wanted to be like, you specifically said that I could use it in a recipe. Like when it comes to sourdough, your technique is the the method that you use. I won't hesitate to even call it a recipe because it's just salt and flour and water uh-huh. or flour, water, and a, maybe a little bit of salt. And so it's all about the method and the process that you use. And okay. everybody like kind of has their method that they like. And the method that I like is an overnight proof on the counter and then a cold and then a cold proof for the second proof in the fridge. And that just like lets it, it takes a lot longer that way, which I like because typically I do the first proof overnight and then the cold proof while I'm at work. So I have this method down. It's literally a science. I have it down and I'm so, they're like, well, try our rest, try our recipes. I'm like, no, I have what I, I know what I like. Yeah. Like that's, you've been bamboozled. Yeah, I feel, especially because it was so expensive. So I'm really bummed and I'm trying to figure it out. I'll keep What's different with their recipes? I, have, I don't know. I haven't looked. Well, there's a lot of people getting real crafty. A lot of people making masks. A lot of people just baking, cooking, prepping. I know. We have been baking some other stuff too. Like we did make banana bread. Of course, you have to. Other than that, we've been having pretty good luck with our other creations. The kids made cinnamon rolls today, which is always amazing. A lot of people ask where you get resources t- about making anything with sourdough. Yeah, so great like, question. What, is, what are your so go-tos? My favorite person who I found, there are, there are a million people out there. If you guys know Laura Bruner from Modern Mama's podcast, she has a sourdough, like simple sourdough guide that she, I think it's like, an, you can go to her website and download it. And her method is very straightforward. The person who I really like following her, it's, her website is foodbodsourdough.com, food, B-O-D. I think that might just be her last name. And her Instagram handle is Elaine underscore foodbod. And that's a great last name. That's her, know, if that's I really think, her last name. I think it. Ha- oh no, it's her. It's Elaine Body is her name. So mm. it's Elaine Foodbod. So she. I really, really like her website because it's very simple. You can make sourdough extremely complicated. And some people, like the Tartine book is known as like a, a kind of go-to, but their method is so complicated. And it's like, as you just don't need to make it this complicated. So I, yeah, so check out Laura Bruner or check out her Instagram is at laura.radicalroots mm-hmm. or check out um, Elaine underscore foodbod. Go to their blogs. They both have instructions on how to set up your how to start a starter and then also what to do with it. How fun. So everybody can just keep jumping on the bread train. Yeah. It's a great train it's to be on. It's a great train. Just get on the on the carb train. Yeah. I'm, I'm convinced. This is definitely not to make light of this. Just let me have this one joke, but I'm very, con- I'm convinced that this pandemic is going to just eliminate the keto trend. 
because everyone's making bread. You know, it's the best. It's just going to phase out. And I'm so yep. happy for that. I saw something on LinkedIn that was like in the top five e-commerce items that have seen like huge growth in the past month on top of like vitamins and all that kind of stuff. The only non-medicinal or vitamin thing was literally bread making machines. Yeah. Um, so I'm here for it. Here I for have it. no reason or desire to like post my own sourdough recipe or method or content because none of it is native to me. I did not come up with any of this. I have not improved upon it. I am just literally doing what other people are doing. Right. So I will not be posting my own sourdough guide because I also ain't nobody got time for that. So, nobody. <laughs> uh, but I will be eating all the bread. Yes. The only thing I haven't tried, I want to try like a cinnamon raisin bread or something, which I haven't tried. I've tried sourdough pancakes and waffles, which are fine. I don't really see them as being like overly superior to normal sourdough or to normal pancakes and waffles, except they're like a little bit, they have, you know, they're yeast, they're yeasted. Yeah. They have like a little bit of rise to them, but like, and whatever. And uh, we made sourdough cinnamon rolls a couple of weeks ago and they were okay. They didn't really turn out as well as I would have liked them to. Uh-huh. So that's what you've been up to. And I really now, this has made me want a KitchenAid stand mixer so bad. Ooh. Because yeah. I don't have one and I want a dough hook. Oh, yeah. Those are so cool to watch too. So cool. Very therapeutic to watch. I know. Mm-hmm. So if anybody out there is like, you know what? I have this KitchenAid. It's sitting in my garage. I sell it to you for a couple hundred bucks because like new KitchenAids are like 500 bucks. Oh, yeah. They're not cheap. And yeah. I get it that like it's an heirloom item. Uh-huh. No, they're not 500. They're like 250. Okay. But that still feels like a lot. Yeah. I really, our kitchen right now is at max capacity for appliances. I know. Cause you were talking to someone about you wanting a air fryer. An air fryer. Yeah. So like I'm at the point where like I can't, I feel like I can't add. Yeah. Because I really have to have like Laura Ligos, the sassy dietitian, was. Scolding yeah. you, or was it? It was. It may. It's it might have been it. Jesse Gubbins. She was scolding me. She was like, scolding you. She's like, get, you. The, She's like, get the the air fryer. This is all you need. Yeah, because I was like, me. who? I basically put out a comment on my on my Instagram. This is weeks ago. This so I was like, like, okay, who has year. an air fryer? Which kind do you like? And she sent me a very direct direct message. Right. I was like, have we not talked about this? Right. How many it's times do I have to tell you? Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't pulled the trigger. And I have to say, I don't feel like I'm missing out. Although last night I made Brussels sprouts and they were very underwhelming. And I was like, if I had an air fryer, I know. these would have been amazing. Everyone's going to ride us and be like, you definitely need this They're model. huge though. The air fryers are huge. Yeah. So what I want, Instant Pot came out with an air fryer version of the Instant Pot where it's an Instant Pot, but it also has like a special lid that gives it an air fryer setting. And I don't think, unfortunately, that you can just use your normal Instant Pot and get this type of lid. Like, it's a completely Mm. different appliance. But it also has all the Instant Pot functions. So I'm like, that I could talk myself into because we use the Instant Pot a ton. But then I'd have to, what would I do with my current Instant Pot? Oh, it's so frustrating. There's too many gadgets. Who has the kind of kitchen where you can store all this stuff, too? I just feel like it gets very overwhelming. Like, I'm, I'm still trying to get rid of a juicer. I'm like, I just... Oh my gosh. We... Same. If anyone in Denver needs a juicer, I just... I'm like, I... That was like back in the big juicing boom of yeah, uh, when, 2010. Like, yeah. Yeah. Came out. yeah. We... Uh-huh. Same exact thing. Got the Breville <laughs> juicer. Spent like several hundred dollars on it. Yeah. We juiced for like a week and oh. was like, this thing is a pain in the ass. I don't Such like... Such a pain. Such a I pain I don't like clean. celery juice. But hey, if you want one. <laughs> hey. <laughs> My, I think we gave mine to my mom and now she just like uses it in her basement as like a kid toy. Oh, great. That's, you know, you know sharp like parts you maybe. <laughs> just, yeah. 
So there's some sharp edges I'd be wary of. I think she took the the blade out. Okay, great. (laughs) The other thing that we finally did get, Brandon's mom gave us one, is a full-size food processor, which we hadn't had ever. We had like a little crappy food processor that we had, I had bought like in my first apartment. It basically was big enough for like a jar of salsa. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what I use. Yeah, it they're like dee, dee, dee. they're real tiny. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, dee, dee, dee. exactly. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a pint. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but because I've gone so long, she got it for us for Christmas, and I've only used it once because I've gone so long without having one that I forget about it, and then I'll like be eighty percent of the way through shredding like five zucchinis, and I'm like, huh? Yeah, I could have used a food processor could've for this. Really use that. <laughs> But now I'm already 80% of the way there. Right, and, like, you're committed and you're in. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Well, if anybody has more uh, cooking enlightened stories of uh, all the yeah. things that you're making, we'd love to hear about it. Anything? Now I'm on the internet and all these KitchenAid stand mixers are on sale. Oh, stop looking. Don't shop. No, no, no. I also, I had to talk <laughs> myself out of a um, buying a new mug. That's like my comfort thing. I know. You I love buy, mugs. Yeah. I buy ceramic mugs. Mm-hmm. And there's this really cute one on Etsy right now that I love, but it's $45. And I'm like, ain't nobody need a $45 mug. Well, support the artist. What is it? What's yeah. so special about it? It's just really cute. I'll send it to you. Okay. There's nothing special about it at all. It's just okay. very cute. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It just feels like a little silly. I know. Why are mugs so... I just love mugs. There's something about right? like there's having a good... Having a good statement mug is really And this powerful. is a statement. You, you're going to like yeah. this one here. I'm, I'm texting it to you right oh, now. Oh, okay. Very, very cute. And I keep also like, yeah, I don't know, this whole thing, like you just start, spend so much time in your house and you start to think about all these things that you want. Oh, that is cute. Right? It's a geometric hand-painted speckled mug. I mean, and it's right. exactly what you would, the description is perfect. It's so cute. Pastels, the base is like a nice deep brown. Oh, it's speckled, very earthy speckled. looking. But like and the hand painted, yeah, and there's a lot of texture to it. It's very speckled and textured. Just looks like a cozy something or other. Yeah, right. And it cute. just like puts you. It's like this mood. This mug would put me in a good mood when I used For it. For sure. Yeah. I know everything about mugs. Pottery, I like just- pottery by Jen. She's got 316 five star reviews. So you know, based out of Seattle, she probably could use a support. She, she got really some could. Really cute thing. Yeah. Let's I know her. you're not really helping me not spend forty five dollars <laughs> in a jar right now. Or on a jar on a mug. Just saying. Okay, so if you ever need someone to talk you out of a purchase, don't ask Joy. No. It's like my mom. <laughs> Anytime I, I'd, I used to have to text her before I would make any purchase. And she would be like, yes, do it. You deserve it. You work hard. And I'm like, you're just enabling me. But yeah, I get it from cool. her. I blame her. <laughs> That's right. I'll just imagine your mom telling me and I'll be like, yes. you know what, Diane? You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I do deserve this. She like, absolutely would. Cute, you work hard. Super cute mug. You work hard. You work treat hard. Your, she's the original treat yourself person. Oh my gosh, I love her. She's the original treat yourself. Which is funny because she, your family is also so frugal. <gasps> so frugal. Well, that's why I would, used to have to, to call her because I would get panicked by spending any amount of money on myself. So I'd have to call her and be like, do I need this $200 denim trench coat? She, and this is back in the 90s. <laughs> Let me clarify. Let me clarify. This is not a recent. It was phone a great call. DKNY dr- denim trench coat, and I probably gave it away because Scott was like, "You are not wearing that anymore." But it was very cute. But yeah, I remember uh, 
I would call her anytime I had to like a make anytime I had to make a big purchase or what I felt like was a big purchase. And she would always be like, you treat yourself, you deserve it. So let's talk dogs because yes, we have, okay. So when is your, do- okay. Tell if, unless in case you don't follow us on Instagram, give us the lowdown. The lowdown is in case you aren't aware, I have been connected with an agency called canine companions for independence for about eight years. And that is where I got JT from. JT is my current dog and he's a service animal. And we work together at my job in behavioral health. So I've been connected with Canine Companions forever and ever. And I always like to clarify, if people don't follow us and they don't know, JT is not your service dog. Right. So without going down too many details, right. So there's categories of service animals. One is a service animal for someone with a disability. Another is called a skilled companion dog. So if a parent, for example, if a parent has a child with a disability, the parent is the handler and the child benefits from the service animal. And then they have a facility dog and the facility dog works in a facility for patients. And I am the handler. So I am not, the dog is not servicing me. The dog is servicing patients and I just bring the dog to to and from work. So there's a lot of rules around public access, which I'm always getting on soapboxes about. So I really encourage you if you think that you can just get a a letter from your doctor to have your pet be an ESA, which stands for emotional service, uh, emotional support animal that is really phasing out, thank God, because it's really being abused in the system. I'm all for people doing it the right way and getting letters signed for a flight. That's totally fine if you follow the rules and if you keep your animals contained in a pet carrier. But if you get a signed letter for a flight or getting access into like an apartment building, if you get it signed by a physician, I am fine with that. We get a lot of hate mail whenever I say ban animals from flights. What I'm talking about is people bringing their pets on that just really have no no business doing so and just kind of abusing the rules. So anyway, I'm not going to go on tangents, but if you ever have questions around that stuff, just email me. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Okay. So uh, so JT is a service animal for patients in behavioral health. We've been working together as a team for six, seven years. And we Scott and I really, JT's probably going to retire in the next year, probably in the next year. And people always ask, is JT going to live with me when he retires? Yes. As he retires and phases out of his work life, he will live out the rest of his natural life with Scott and I. So Scott and I really love CCI. We've always been connected to them in some way, shape, or form, even just kind of volunteering where we can. We're very connected to the CCI community with all the people here who have puppies and do puppy raising. And we just really wanted to puppy to puppy raise. So we got on the wait list. It takes a really long time to apply and get on the wait list. Even though I have a service animal through them, we have to go through the same thing. So we applied last fall. We got on the wait list and we finally heard in February, this was right before all the shutdowns were happening. And they're like, oh, we have your puppy. You're going to, you know, if, if everything is okay with you, we're, we're scheduled for April, April 17th. So... Uh, hopefully if all the flights, cause they ship the puppies from the headquarters in California to wherever their puppy raisers are going to be. So hopefully we get it in, uh, they send it through cargo. So we just go pick it up at a cargo, uh, office for either United or Delta. And I've picked up a puppy before with one of my friends who's a puppy raiser and it's just the cutest thing. <laughs> It kind of breaks my heart every time I think about it. Cause these little tiny puppies are so scared and they're like in a cargo on a plane and 
And then they arrive and you see them in the little carrier and they just, oh, it's just so cute. So yeah, we're, we're getting a puppy and we're going to raise the puppy. The puppy and will not And you know be... about the puppy. Yeah. You already have found out the details about your puppy. Yeah. So we, the funny thing about the uh, puppy raiser community is we, they are, they are on it. They are sleuths to the sleuth degree. And so I asked my puppy raiser friends, I was like, okay, I know CCI told me that the mom's name is blank. You know, they already knew the mom's name. And, and I was like, and so I don't know who the, they call it the breeder caretaker. So there's actually someone who has a, what they call a breeder dog. So CCI has all of this very contained. So they have a breeder dog and then the breeder caretaker is the person who takes care of the breeder dog or yeah, the breeder dog and then takes care of the litter. So I was like, does anyone know who the breeder caretaker is for this dog? And I'm like, yes. So we found it. I found her on Instagram. We like messaged back and forth. She was so excited. She's like, oh my gosh, you're getting cadet. So she started sending me pictures and I'm freaking out. And so it's just a really fun process because everyone's so connected and invested in these puppies that they like want to know where they're going. And so, um, yeah. So how so, long are you going to have the puppy? And what? And I know the process is too lengthy to yeah. explain in one podcast, but like right. generally speaking, what's the timeline? So the timeline is, well, the dog will be eight, nine weeks old when we get her. And we will have her until she's about 14. I want to say 14 to 16 months old is when we will then. we There's a bunch of things you have to teach them. And we have all that information. Um, we have to attend puppy classes every month and um, socialize the dog and train the dog. So we'll be doing all of that together, Scott and I. And then at 12 to 14, 14 to 16 months, we send the dog back to CCI headquarters where they do what's called advanced training. So after the dog is sent back to headquarters, if they don't pass advanced training, then they do what's called a career change. (laughs) And then we would either get the dog or they may have another place to place the dog, whether that be any type of police work that it might be appropriate for, or there's, there's another certain, type of another type of work. skilled dog work if the dog fits that. So the one thing that's really important for people to understand about service animals, and especially if you have a dog and you're like, I really want my dog to be a service animal, the ethical way to do to have a service animal is to have a dog that's trained since they were a puppy. Unless you have a very rare situation where the dog has the disposition of a service dog just naturally, that is kind of the outlier. But for the most part, people really need to understand that service dogs are trained from puppy age for the reason of the work is very intense. They have to be they have to be made for this job. So that's why in advanced tra- training, very few dogs succeed because the training is very specific. And if any dog has some type of quirk that would prevent them from being um, taken care of or it would be more harmful to the dog, such as you really can't train a dog to um, not be scared if something like jumps out at them and they have like a startle response. And if you train them over four weeks and they still have a startle response, that's going to be a problem when they're with someone who has a disability. So if they find behaviors or characteristics of a dog that are truly not something you could train out of a dog, then they send the dog back to you or they do a different career that would be something more their speed, so to speak. And, so, And it's, even though they've been trained from a puppy, some dogs, their personality is they just, just they aren't have, like, meant for. Yeah, they aren't meant for it. Like I have a friend who's like, yeah, she just didn't like statues. For whatever reason, anytime she saw a statue, she freaked out, she would bark. She would, And so those are the types of things that they do their best to 
we do our best to expose dogs to every single thing you can imagine and every scenario and crowds and children and adults and statues and people dressed up in costume, like anything you can imagine you want to expose the, the dogs to so they don't see it as novel. So yeah, there's some things that I, I think it's just really important for people to understand too, that you have to be, it's it's more important for the dog to be right for the job than to force it the other way, because you can't really force a dog to be a working dog. And so anytime you raise a puppy, you're just like, fingers crossed, they're meant to be a service dog and you just hope for the best. And you try to train them as best as you can. But at the end of the day, if there's just something about them that's not meant for it, then they're not going to force these dogs to be service dogs. And CCI does such a good job of matching the temperament of the dog to the type of person that they will be with for the rest of their life. So for instance, when I got JT, they were looking at all the dogs that they had in advanced training, and they're going through their whole wait list of applicants who've applied to get a service animal or a facility animal. And they're going, okay, JT would really match with Joy because he's got a really chill disposition, and he's just going to be working with patients in a medical setting all day. So he doesn't have to be someone who's like super energetic or really, I don't know, there's just certain types of like temperaments that you want dogs to have. And they just felt like, wow, JT's like such a snuggle bug. And I think he'd be really good with patients and being in an office all day. So they take everything into consideration before matching their dogs. So anyway, the long and short of it is we're going to be on this puppy raising journey. So expect lots of puppy photos and dog raising photos. And um, we're just very excited to start this new chapter with CCI because they are the best. And we um, also get asked, well, how can you give up? How can you give up a dog once you start raising a dog? First of all, please don't ask puppy raisers that because that's the first question everyone asks them. How can you give up a dog? Well, I don't see it that way. I see it as someone did this for me and for my work. And so Scott and I are really invested in giving back and wanting to kind of close that circle of like we receive so much that we want to give back to someone else in the same way. And this is like, we have the time and we have the money to do it. And yes, it's all volunteer. And yes, it's all out of our own pocket for like the supplies and everything. Like we want to do that. And so it's not going to be easy to turn in the dog on graduation day. Graduation day is like when they have all the puppy raisers come in and like transfer them back to uh, advanced training. It's going to be really hard. It's never going to get easier. I've talked to every puppy raiser that I know and they're like, yeah, it sucks. (laughs) It never gets easier. But it's not, you know, we don't do it for that reason. You don't, you know, someone's also like, how do you not get attached? Of course, I'm going to get attached to this dog. But the whole time you're thinking, the greater purpose for this dog is to help someone else. So we're very excited. We just did not do a short episode and we wanted to talk about Glennon's book. So we probably, let's just do another bonus episode. Okay. If you guys like that, if you guys like this idea. (laughs) If you're into that. I, yeah, this is, I, this is nice. Just like 20, 20 minutes of not talking about Smiley Cyrus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she would not appreciate that. She would not appreciate that at all, but it's okay. That's right. I feel like she's never going to hear this. She's really not. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this, like, just a little catch-up time. Just a little catch-up, just a drop in to say hello. We hope you're having a great week. Yes. We hope you are enjoying some time to focus on whatever it is you need to focus on. We hope that you are taking some time to take care of yourself. 
We hope that you are, you know, maybe wearing leggings for the third or fourth day in a row. Right. That's what I'm doing. And just owning that. Mm -hmm. But to be clear, I have been wearing leggings for three and a half straight weeks. I'm talking about the same pair of leggings. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. uh Yeah. Yeah. Just not changing out of them. Got it. No, mm -mm, because I don't do anything in them. So I just Mm -hmm. put them back on the next day. Yeah. We hope you're enjoying some Zoom calls with with friends. Zooms. Don't forget, you can change your Zoom background into Hogwarts if you need to. So great. So great. And or we'll Tiger just, King. We hope Tiger you're, King. You, oh, just one go more thing. Google's Tiger King Zoom background. One more thing. I'm I'm starting to do this thing and I I'm sure I'm not the only one where I'm starting to ration my Netflix time because I on the weekends because on the weekends, you know, there's not much to do. We, you can go to the grocery store if you need to. And I'm like, okay, if I start Netflix at noon, I'm just gone. So I have this very strict <laughs> rule right now. It's almost like drinking. I'm like, when is it too early to start? I say that tongue in cheek. I'm not like a day drinker, but if you are fine, that's fine. I'm not judging, but I'm just saying I am usually not. And so I have to like ration my Netflix. So I'm like, okay, maybe f- is four too early. <laughs> so I'm doing this thing where I'm like trying not to start Netflix too early because if I'm in, I won't leave the couch and that will not be good for my mental health. <laughs> so that's the thing I'm doing. Like It's almost like Miles in his movie after dinner or while yeah, you make dinner. It's like, one. okay, I can't start. I can't, I can't use it up. I got to like stick to my time frame. Got to ration your, yeah. your media. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We got to limit joy screen time yeah totally (laughs) totally (laughs) (laughs) all right guys have a good week we'll see you uh we'll see you in like a couple days you get the bonus episode enjoy Bye. bye